All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 225, the show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. You can visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show at pssisawesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. As a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. So you can watch our show if you prefer over at our YouTube channel. For new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support our show at a $1 level called the One and Only $1 Club. You can head over to patreon.com slash awesome to become a $1 a month patron, get a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail, and a shout-out on the show. I will say we have not had any new patrons for a while now. So we know you're out there. And it would be super cool if you would be so kind to just say, hey, hey, here's a dollar, guys. Anyways, needless to say, that out of the way, Jake. How are you doing this Memorial Day weekend? Uh, fine. I'm tired. Yeah. I've been, uh, been uh, outside basically all weekend. Yeah. It's really nice here. So been able to do that, trying to avoid the insanity that is – Basically, living Pymatuning and Connie at Lake are only like 10 minutes from each other. Mm-hmm. And so between those two, you get such a huge influx of just people on Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. Because it's the unofficial like first like weekend of summer or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty crotchety because all these people coming in don't know the rules of the road driving like crazy people getting in accidents fucking ambulances flying all over the place cramping your style essentially I, well i just i worry about i just worry about like being on the road and stuff yeah because it's like you get people just running stop signs because they're not familiar with the area and all kinds of crap going on yeah but uh um i mean it's fine it, it is it is what it is it's good for the community you know the money that comes in is is awesome but um it can be a little bit frustrating. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Other than that, everything's good with you then, huh? Um, yeah, I think so. so. You got like a uh, week off? I I'm I took vacation this week. Oh, okay. So nice. So I'm off until actually I took next the following Monday off too, so I'm off until I guess Tuesday. Lucky dog. Next week. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to Nashville for a hockey tournament, so I've got Ooh. some time off for that. Yeah, well, good luck to you. Good luck to yeah. you. Yeah, well, for me, yeah, uh, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I uh, The wife's away this weekend, and uh, I had a gig Friday night, and that went well and good. And uh, I got back Saturday, and that was yesterday. So, yeah, I got back. Yesterday was Saturday. Today, we're recording this on Sunday. So, yesterday, I, I feel like I I was so busy, but I don't know what I did. Like, Paul came over and laid down one up on land tracks Saturday morning from, like, 11 to 2. And then after that, oh, I started running again. So, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Like, there's something about working out that I can't stand unless I have a way to, like, 
see my progress. So when I was running avidly last year in the year prior, I was using this free app and uh, it was on, it's on my phone. It's just called uh, Nike um, Run Club is what it is. And it's free. Mm -hmm. Anybody can download it. You don't need to pay for the services and it's really nice. And uh, you just strap it to your arm and it uses the in-phone GPS and uh, you can set mile markers for yourself. Like, okay, today I want to run three miles. And then it'll track how long it takes you to do it. It'll show you on like a map. Uh, it'll give you like an outline of everywhere you ran if you're running outdoors. And it'll show like a yellow when you're running slower, red when you're running faster. So you get all of this data. And it's really fun to try to outperform yourself. And it becomes like a mini game for me. And that, that was like not the motivation, but that's kind of what kept me to it. Now, the con of using this app is that I quit running a long time ago. I just fell off the wagon. So for my birthday, I got a new pair of running shoes and I got some, some new running clothes. And I'm like, you know what? I, I live right down the road from the, from the high school track. And uh, I decided two days ago, um, actually yesterday, I decided yesterday that I'm, I'm going to put this shit on and I'm going to see how the dust settles. I'm just going to – I put on a little bit of weight I'm not as, as, as in shape as I was. So I'm going to go. So I ran about two and a quarter miles, and it wasn't my fastest, but I felt good when I was done. But when I turned on that app to start my run, it said, your last run was 10 months ago. And I was like, fuck, I fell off the wagon. And it's so frustrating. Like The technology is awesome, but it also sucks because it reminds us. Get those pictures, like, oh, this is where you were six years ago. Boom, this mm -hmm. is something that happened. Sometimes those are, like, really cool, and sometimes they're, like, really depressing. So in this case, it was a bittersweet moment because it felt good to turn my app on, but it also sucked that it just hit me in the face with, like, you haven't ran in 10 months. And I was like, yeah, no fucking shit. So anyways, <laughs> uh, I went out yesterday, and then I woke up really sore, and then I did interval running today. Um after I went for a motorcycle ride with my father, and uh, we were, you know, we've been enjoying the uh, the the headsets uh, that we both have now, and uh, we were riding, and we just got a little ways out of the way, uh, out of like the area, and I had forgotten that it was Memorial Day weekend, and I was like, you know, we ought to just turn around. I was like, we're probably gonna get if we get killed on our bikes, it's gonna be like this ride because like you know it's Sunday, people aren't working tomorrow, and we were out around five o'clock. And I was like, this is like the worst time probably to be out on the bike. But it, there was like surprisingly like zero, like we passed like maybe nine cars. Well, you just got to go out. Like that's one of the things Sarah, Sarah and I talked about. If we were going to go for a ride, I was literally just going to point like the opposite direction of the lake and mm. just like drive out into the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. because, you know, the likelihood of traffic being out there is pretty small. It's just you yeah. got to stay away from like places people like to go during Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah, anything that's outdoorsy. There was unfortunately a, a fatality this week in Meadville. Motorcyclists, four thirty p.m. out by in between like Cambridge and in Sagerton. I think where Campbell Pottery is, where that kind of veers. I think some a drunk driver actually pulled out in front of a bike, and the biker lost his life. Unfortunately, um, that sucks. Yeah, especially during the day like that. Like when you think you're the safest, you know what I mean? Like 
probably, you know, the sun, it wasn't raining or anything. It's just some, some dude pulled out in front of a bike, a motorcyclist. And that was it. He was 29, if he was, 30, 29 years old. He didn't have a helmet, did not have a helmet. I was going to say, I'm sure he wasn't wearing a helmet because nobody fucking around here wears a helmet because they would rather be vain on their Harley than, than wear a helmet and be safe. Yeah, it's I really mean, annoying to me. It's kind of hard to say what this specific situation was, but <laughs> I do know that, uh, it was also, the the guy in the car or the truck or whatever had been drinking and uh oh i'm sure it, it sucks it definitely sucks yeah but yeah i mean you can never be too safe uh you know uh drive defensively and uh i guess and uh never get in a car without a seatbelt. never get on a motorcycle without a helmet it's Those true two rules i live by yeah that's so true but yeah, so, I, I was actually Sarah yeah. and I were driving to Erie today. It's funny you were talking about running because Sarah and I decided we were going to start doing some kind of running. Look together. into that app for real. And uh, well, we both got um, Fitbits, mm-hmm. and they actually like the Fitbit app will actually track a lot of that stuff for you. It's not like as tailored to running, so yeah. like it doesn't have the specific like running stuff like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But like mine will, you know, it'll tell me. Um, you know, it'll give me a map of like where I ran and was, and, but instead of having like, this is where you're running fast, this is where you're running slow. Like it does have some of that, but it's more like, this is your pace, like your mile pace. Yeah. And this is what your heart rate was at this spot. And this is what your heart rate was at that spot to give you an idea of like how hard you're exerting yourself, yeah. um, which is kind of cool. But anyway, we were driving to Erie today uh, to get fitted for running shoes. Oh, fun. I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, there's actually a running store in Erie. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Achilles yeah, Running yeah. Shop. Yeah, they'll let you run on a um, treadmill and they'll analyze your stride and stuff. Yeah, it's it's cool. We went there and and uh, they actually they just have a track and you kind of walk. You like walk and they watch you and analyze your gait and all that stuff. And you can kind of talk to them about your needs and they'll they'll pick specific shoes for you and everything. I and, need to do that next. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, if you buy like legit running shoes, they're not fucking cheap, but. But if you know if you're doing a lot of running, it's totally worth yeah. it. Because I definitely but, overpronate uh, like when I run, so it's a big problem. Oh yeah, yeah. We we both do too, and so that was one of the things that we we really wanted to look into. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we we're we we're driving to Erie, and I was just like, you know, we're driving up 79, and there is the traffic's kind of busy because it's a holiday weekend. But like you know, it's doing a brisk pace, you know, 70, 75 miles an hour. And do you ever like when you're driving around? You get that? Do you ever get like that sort of, um, sort of existential moment where you're just like, "How is it legal that just anybody is allowed to drive a car at seventy five miles an hour?" Yeah, I think about crazy stuff like that all the time. Like I, I like, don't understand. <laughs> like all it takes is just a. If you think about it, like all it literally takes when you're on, like, like you're on the highway or driving, all it takes is like just a. A subtle jerk of the wheel and you're just fucking dead mm-hmm. or like somebody else is dead because you hit them or whatever. It's just so crazy to me. Like I don't often have these thoughts. Like it doesn't keep me from driving or anything, but like it is one of those things. that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. We're in these huge metal weapons really just flying around inside them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we can't control them obviously, but I mean, things, shit, yeah. shit happens, dude. Things. I think a lot of that, a lot of that really kind of came sort of into the front of my brain when I started uh, taking my motorcycle to the track when you're like really going fast yeah. and like you're not protected by anything other than like your 
your abilities as a rider and your your safety and other people being safe mm. like you learn to like rely on each other to be safe on the you know when you're riding and you're just like well, it's uh it's really unfortunate when you're just like man i feel safer going 100 miles an hour around a motorcycle track than i do on some of these public roads with some of these people driving yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, really sad one of those uh <laughs> Whatever we have now, all those different, those weird circles that you have to zoom. Oh, around. the traffic circles. Yeah, tra- I, I'm actually okay circle. with them. What? I'm actually okay with the traffic circles, but I do feel like I have a couple times seen seen incidents in a traffic circle where it's just like people are just fucking confused by them. Yeah, you right. know what I'm saying? Where it's just like okay, like we're still in that sort of like learning period with traffic circles around here. But uh, yeah. Anyway, we can talk about video games now. Though. Yeah, maybe we should do that, man. I don't know. <laughs> so this is episode 225 of PS. This is awesome. And uh, the next thing, the first thing we're going to talk about are games that we're playing. And then we're going to get into a quick discussion about Tribes of Midgar. Um, I am freaking neck deep in GTA Five Online right now. I am so into this game. And I didn't think it, this would happen. But once you figure out the menus, and I know I've, I've said this before, and then I, did, I thought I understood it, but I didn't. So, like, boom, I gave up on it. I came back to it. And now I've been into it long enough, consistently enough. I 100, 100% understand how GTA Online works. And uh, my mission, and if you're listening, uh, podcast listeners, I really want to have some help doing a couple heists. I think they're fun. I think they're creative. I think they're in- innovative. It's very difficult because you have to have four people to do it. So I, I'm trying to do these heists and once in a while I get good random people that, that'll jump in with me and they know what they're doing and, and we'll, we'll some of the planning stages. But I, it's hard to get four people together. So if you're listening, anchorless underscore 81, find me on GTA 5 online. Let's do some freaking heists. I need some help moving meth, and I need help doing uh, some warehouse missions. I want to get to $2 million, and I'm not paying a single real dollar towards it so that I can get a, a, a business suite and activate the Dr. Dre missions. That's all I want to do. That's my end game for GTA 5 Online, <laughs> and I can't get Play there the Dr. Dre yeah, until I raise enough money. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So that's so the I don't know if the listeners know, but they they implemented this. Uh, it's almost like single player story. There's a there's a story in GTA Five Online where Dr. Dre apparently has his demo tape stolen, and he's in the fucking game. And and like you as a hike as like a contractor get hired to retrieve his demo tape and it, it's apparently there's like a, a a set of missions that you get to do and work with Dre and that's all I want to experience but you have to get two million dollars in game cash and buy this enterprise first to raise your status so that you get the call to help him and I'm just waiting and I'm trying to build the money up so I can't wait to do this. Um, so anyways, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Outside of that, huh. I, I played Tribes of Midgar, and uh, LJ and I played this last night. We played two – one was just he and I, and then we're like, well, let's do it with 10, 10 players total online. And uh, that lasted like two and a half hours, that, that game. And like we got all kinds of level ups and boons and stuff. So – I have a lot to talk about that, but we're going to get into that conversation as soon as you tell me, Jake, what you've been playing. 
Um, so I'm still playing Guardians of the Galaxy. I got to a point where I thought it was like towards the end of the game, but apparently it's not. So um, still going with that. Still, I still love it. There are a lot. There are a lot of problems with the game. Just like in gameplay, there's some stuff that doesn't flow super well. Uh, but it's one of those games where it's like. I just love the characters and the interactions mm. and the voice acting and everything that like, I, I can already tell you that I'm going to be sad when this game is over, not because I miss playing the game, but because I miss like the back and forth and the banter of all the characters and what's going to happen next and how are they going to solve this problem or whatever. Right. Um, so still really enjoying that. I'm still playing. I did play uh, a little bit of tribes of Midgar. Um, so we could talk about it on the show. And I also have been playing, I'm still, I don't, can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast last time, but I think I did. Um, I'm still intermittently playing Laura Croft Go. Yeah, you did mention that. On my phone. Um, still really enjoying it. I mean, I think it's, have you ever played one of those Go, either Hitman Go or Laura Croft Go? I think I, I had played Laura Croft in the Temple of Osiris, but I don't think I played Laura Croft Go. Go. Yeah, geez. So, so in my opinion, um, so I hate mobile gaming. They're, they're like, unless it's like literally, you know, words with friends or something stupid like that, Mm -hmm. or, you know, some crossword puzzle or something. In my opinion, mobile gaming just has never been able to do it for me. But I think, I'll be completely honest. I believe that. The, those two games, Hitman Go and Laura Croft Go, are examples of perfect mobile games. They require, uh, you know, very minimal, like exact input from the user. You know, you, you it's basically just like kind of swiping, and it's like all sort of turn and timing based. Mm-hmm. Um, they somehow are enabled. It's, it's like this board game style but they're somehow able to embody sort of the adventure of uh, Tomb Raider, which is really bizarre. The one big difference about, and I don't know which game came first, but the big difference about uh, between Laura Croft Go and Hitman Go, um, Hitman Go is very much about like, uh, you know, those games like, like uh, Angry Birds and stuff where it's like, can you finish the level in like the least amount of moves to get so (laughs) many stars and all that kind of stuff. So Hitman Go is much more like that where it's like, you've got a, you know, you've got an objective to complete in the level and you're trying to do it like in the most efficient way possible. Whereas Laura Croft Go, it doesn't give a shit if you take one move or 500 moves to finish a level and like the quote unquote stars for the level is when you're playing it hidden in the map in the background all over the place. It's like a Where's Waldo thing. There'll be like treasures that you have to find while you're playing. Okay. It. Um, so you just like tap on it and it says, oh, you found this treasure. It's like the and treasures be- in uh, Golden Abyss. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the the other big difference between the two is like Laura Croft in the in Laura Croft Go is actually an animated character that's running around the map mm-hmm. and like shooting the bad guys and stuff as you're doing this thing. Whereas uh, Hitman Go is really interesting in that all of the characters on the map are just like 
are like game board pieces. Like they're totally still, they, they're actually like figurines, game board figurines. And it's like a legitimate game board where you're moving it around. And then when you move one, all the other characters oh, yeah. move. And then you have to kind of like, um, you know, navigate the world while figuring out the movement patterns of everything else. Lara Croft Go is the same way, but it's more fluid, more animated, more adventure feeling. I think they're both amazing games. So like if, if, if you guys are looking for... Like one of the things is that I like having a game on my phone that I enjoy playing enough that if I'm ever in a pickle and I need something to do when I'm bored or like I can't sleep or something like that, it's just like, oh, I can just pick that up and play it for a little bit. It's not something I'm going to play all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's something that like I can whip out if I need to. And uh, if you're like me and you like having something like that at your fingertips, those two games are awesome options. Now they're not free. You have to pay for them. So that might be a, that might be a no go for some people, but I think it was like, I, I, when I bought Lara Croft go, I think it was six bucks. So that might sound like a lot to some people that are used to getting everything for free on mobile, but there's no ads. There's no nothing. You just boot in. It's a good game. The this would be like, like I would play this. For yeah. It's a perfect mobile game in my opinion. <laughs> you know, Short of short of like, uh, I, th- I think they ported Severed to iPhone, um, which is that uh, PlayStation exclusive, PlayStation Vita exclusive by Drinkbox, uh, and that game is awesome and it's all touch controls. That game might be a shining example of like the best you could possibly do with touch controls mm. in terms of like the way we think about games right now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, but it's, but I wouldn't say that it's a great like mobile game. That's like a game that like takes time and you want to spend your time with it. And on a Vita, it's perfect because if you pick up your Vita, you're like playing a game where with the mobile games, I'm always thinking like, Oh, I want something where I'm just killing time or I can just open it up and do a quick thing and then put it away. Uh, and the Go games, Hitman and, and Lara Croft Go, are both shining examples of that. Very well. Good. Thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah, as far as mobile games, what I have on my cell phone is essentially just Minesweeper. I just always resort to Minesweeper. Dude, I love those puzzle games. Though. The only other phone, the only other game I have on my phone is uh, it's like one of those puzzle games. Mm-hmm. Like They're all basically the same. They just take different forms. But the one where it's like, you know, if you complete the puzzle in so much time, you get like the most number of stars yeah. or whatever. And uh, the one that I got just because of, you know, like I, I do engineering by trade. There's a one where it's just like completing circuits. Oh, yeah. And like if you do it in a certain amount of moves, then you get like this number of stars or whatever. Keeps so, sharp. Yeah. It's good practice. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hey. Uh, as we've discussed on previous shows, we are picking one of the available PS Plus games each month, and we're going to play through it for the month, and then the final show of that month, we are going to discuss our experience with that game, our opinions, and what we thought of the game. We had chosen Tribes of Midgar for May of 2022, and uh, you know, so we took that journey, and I hope that some of you did as well. I know LJ did, uh, one of our patrons and listeners and uh we uh played a bit of that last night but uh jake i guess i'll just start with i guess what i how i felt about it um i've got a few things to say about this game right out of the gate this game wasn't for me uh i'll say on top of that i thought it was interesting that they've mixed kind of like a uh 
don't starve kind of formula with a tower defense formula with a uh, roguelite formula. All, all, all of those game mechanics are wrapped into Tribes of Midgar with added, like, uh, Genshin Impact drops and bonuses for your character. Um, so, like, I understand the appeal. I didn't appreciate how little you're told, but I think that's part of the game mechanic. Like, don't starve. They don't tell you what berries to pick up and what you need to do to do. Well, there's a little bit of a Warcraft thing for this game, too, like building resource gathering. Um, it was like a lot of the things in gaming that were really big at one point that like kind of all became this game, Tribes of Midgar. And I still don't understand how the frost mechanic works in this game. Uh, you know, there's a point where frost occurs on the map. I don't know why it fucking shows up. And then you just can't walk in it because you die almost instantly. And I guess you have to grab shit to make clothes that fight the frost or drink potions and stuff. I still don't know what causes it. I don't know if it's the calendar. I don't know if a clock ticking down. There's a lot of weird shit in this game that, like, I feel like if you really... I, I feel... I don't know. Part of me enjoyed the time I spent playing it with LJ for sure. But at the same time, under no circumstance am I interested in going back. Like, it just seems like it required too much. So my takeaway from the game is that if it wasn't for some fundamental aspects of the game, I could see this being a game I would really enjoy. Mm. So like if, like you say, this game was more like Don't Starve and less a tower defense game, I think I would love it. Because it's like... You know, the whole idea behind it is that you're defending one of the last seeds of the tree of life and uh, from the, you know, the wrath of Midgar or whatever the fuck. Right. And uh, every night they attack at night. It's like Ragnarok. So like at night, you know, they attack and you have to try to defend at night and then in the day you're basically your whole goal is going out and getting resources and improving your base and all this kind of stuff so to me it's like what i loved about the game was actually going out and like i like the mechanics of going out and gathering resources and improving my character and and fighting the enemies and figuring out how to, you know, upgrade my my um, weapons and stuff. Uh, and even, like, build my base out so that, like, I have more stuff, mm. you know, to be able to, to craft or whatever. But what I didn't like about it was the, the fact where it's like, oh, it's nighttime now. Everything's attacking your base. And... And it happens so fast. Like the day-night cycle is so fast in this game that I don't feel like I can I can accomplish anything in the amount of time that they give me. Because like I'm running around and I, I'm like, okay, I spend all this time running around. I haven't hardly gotten anything. Oh, it's nighttime again. I got to run back to my base. And then I run back to the base and the village is so large that even from level one, the enemies attack you from three sides. And it's like, well, there's no... Like, I, I literally, in the amount of time that night lasts, I can't even, like, kill the enemies at one spot, run to the other spot, and kill the enemies there. Like, it's impossible. You weren't equipped high, so, well enough, right? 
I mean, even if I was, I mean, maybe there's a mechanic in the game that lets you run faster or teleport. Yeah, there's or some all shit kinds later. of shit. I don't know if you saw, but there's like leveling systems for the characters. So like you get these things called blessings, and then you use the blessings to turn your guy into like an archer or do a warrior or whatever, depending on your class. Yeah. And then within that, there's like all these skill trees, and like you have this. It, the, yeah, dude. I don't mean to cut you off, but like the frustration was real in this game because. I feel exactly what you're feeling. I don't think that you can play this game single player. Because LJ and I tried to do it, the two of us, and we had no fucking chance. As soon as that Jotun, freaking Jotun uh, Monster King showed up, it was over. We couldn't kill him. He had like like 200 million points or whatever. And it's like, we can't kill this guy and he's coming to us anyways. So Well, you have to, I I got the impression based on the tutorial that you have to like, you have to kind of, uh, work your leveling so that you have the appropriate elements that when you attack them, you know, you can deal more damage and shit like that. And and I I can see this being a game because I think it's relatively new. Um, I could see this being a game with some polishing and like tweaking as it lives that it could be very popular. But for me... I really would have preferred this be like a have taken more of like a less less of a tower defense tract and more of like a Minecraft survivor tact where it's mm. like oh you know you're going out and you're mining stuff and you're improving your character but when things attack your base and sh- set shit on fire and you know, when you get attacked and stuff, it's more like environmentally random and less like, you know, fighting the clock all the time. And, and, and I was thinking about this while I was, honestly, I was, I do a lot of thinking while I'm taking a shower. I was thinking of taking a shower earlier and I was thinking about it and I, and I'm thinking like, I will admit that my opinion of this game is, is probably like I was thinking about like what's the opposite of thinking about something with rose colored glasses? And I was like, maybe it's like brown colored glasses. I don't know. But like my opinion is sort of skewed in that I don't like these types of games. Like t- I don't like I hate tower defense games. And I and I really don't like um I don't like uh games like um what do you call them? Like escort missions and shit like that, Mm, which mm -hmm. is, which is kind of like a tower defense game, but you're escorting someone through a map as opposed to trying to keep your base from falling. And like, and it's, and I think it's, it just has a lot to do with the fact that it's like, it's less based on my sort of ability. I I don't know. I, I I don't, I don't want to sell it short. I, I'm guessing, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't think that it's, it's not hundred percent the game's fault that I don't like it. Right, if that makes any. Yeah, sense. that's what I said out of the gates about me too. Yeah, this this is not my kind of game, but I, I can definitely uh, appreciate the appeal that the game probably has, being that it taps into a lot of those markets that people do like those things. And is it doing it better than other games? I couldn't answer that because I don't play a lot of those games. But I did like that. You know, if you get through a run and you die relatively quick, the game rewards you with like a pat, like a. Um, a booster pack and it's like oh next time you start and play this game equip the booster pack and we'll start you with a sword we'll start you with a shield and we'll start you with 10 wooden planks and, and a pick to go do and it's like oh, okay so now you're giving me a boon so like next time I go back 
I'm not like going to be in as shitty of a situation. And I feel like every time you play this game, like a roguelite or whatever, it's going to spec you out with something that makes you want to come back. And it, that's how it gets its hooks in you. I I know, but I hate that like, oh, well, if you're the fucking, you know, the best gamer in the world, you can play it right off the bat. But if you're the average gamer, you know, the game is going to force you to die like 50 times that's before every, you're actually like, every roguelite, it's, it, it's the same like problem I have with, you know, other roguelites and Dark Souls mm. and stuff like that, where it's just like, you know, I'll be honest with you, like more than any other Souls game on the planet, I thought Elden Ring was fucking amazing. But I do think that there is there is a fundamental disagreement between me and these types of games where it's like and I think it really boils and I've brought this up on the podcast before. I think it like boils down to the fact that I just have such a limited amount of time playing games. Mm. I don't want to spend the first five hours of this game like dying and learning and dying and learning Mm -hmm. and dying and learning Mm -hmm. and dying and learning. And it's just like, I just want to, I want them to be like, okay, you know, we're going to start you out. Here's the mechanics. And then we'll start you out with easy guys. And then you learn, like, for example, like a game, like old school games, like Mega Man and stuff like that. Mm they taught you how to play the game with the level design. Whereas like this game gives you this fucking 30 minute tutorial and then drops you into the game and you have no idea what the fuck. To yeah. Do, there's, even there's after never, the tutorial. there's never a hit screen. Dude, just to give you like a, just a, just a quick anecdote. I, I found the, the, like I, I accidentally pressed like one of the, the left or right on the D pad mm-hmm. and it gave me this fucking crafting hammer. Yeah. yeah, yeah And yeah. I'm like, L1 I'm like, well, that. the tutorial didn't fucking cover this. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, maybe I can build shit. Like it's, you know, an RTS or something. And then the only thing I could build was a fucking ramp. I'm like, <laughs> what is this good for? I have no idea yeah. what this is for. What do I do with this? Yeah. So I just like put a ramp up to a tree and then cut it down. Like, I Dude, don't know. When we, so yeah. like, yeah, 100%. And I was complaining to LJ the whole time. I was like, it would have been nice if the game would have told us how to build the boat. But you're sitting there and you're thumbing through all the buttons. You're like, you pull out the hammer and you have you have a boat in your crafting supplies, but you have no idea how to build it. And then all of a sudden your guy's holding a hammer and you're like, okay, how do I build the boat? And then you're like switching hammer, sword, hammer, sword, hammer, sword. And when he has a hammer, if you hit the D-pad to the right, then it flips up to a boat. And you're like, oh, okay. Would have been nice to know how to do this because in the meantime, um, you know, Jotun is on his way and uh, you're just trying to fucking get the hell out of Dodge. Anyways, Jake, let's put our ad on. We're going to be back. We're going to talk about news uh, that we're going to – lots of good news stories here today we're going to talk about. So go ahead and listen to this. We're going to advertise for ourselves. Go ahead. So just real quick before we jump off because I know we have a couple minutes. Yeah. I don't want to just like walk away from this game just completely shitting on it. I think no. that it yeah. is it has a great framework for the people that are into these types of games. I think it's very interesting. I think that if you master the mechanics, it's kind of like me with uh, Dota or something. It's like I just don't have the time to fucking learn this game. But if you if you learn the game, I feel like it could be a lot of fun. I like that they're supporting it with seasons with like all these themed content. Like it seems like this season is like pirate themed, which is kind of cool. I think the game feels very neat as far as like feeling when you play it. 
I think that uh, the art style is really interesting and cool. Although I think that like this little smoke puffs look it, like confused me at first. I'm yeah. Like what the fuck is it? Like marshmallows? Like oh no, it's just smoke, right? But uh, yeah, I think I think this game is for a lot of people. It's just unfortunately not for you or me. Right. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And and yeah, yeah. Well, well put. I agree. Uh, so if if that any of what we talked about sounds like the kind of game that you like. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not casting judgment. I, I had fun playing it with LJ last night. I just don't think that I'm ever going to play it again because it was enough to drive me bonkers. Just I just felt completely lost. All right. Anyways, let's listen to this ad real quick. Um, hit it. Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, Podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This is All right, we're back. And to get on with the news, first thing is first, Jake, we're going to test our PlayStation knowledge yet again via the Push Square website. They have these knowledge checks. Both Jake and I, if you're familiar with our show, you have heard us just ace these bad boys. I'm going to open it up real quick on my computer. And Jake, you can- I'm, re- I'm waiting for us to get our first uh, first 100% hundo yeah, yeah, on yeah, one yeah. of these. Yeah. yeah, dude, we got this. We got it'll this. Never, it'll never happen. Yeah, we- Unless literally every single one of them is like, you know, what's uh, the theme sh- the theme song to Richard sound like? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> All right, so question one of 15, who plays Joel in The Last of Us? Easy. It's Troy Baker. We don't have to go any further. You agree? Yep. Yep. Boom. Correct. Question number two, who is this Mortal Kombat X character pictured? He has a red blindfold on and a katana. His name is Aaron Black. Takeda, Raiden, or Kenshi? It's Kenshi. I'm glad you know that because uh, I've never seen this character before. Boom. My last last Mortal Kombat game was literally like, what was the Mortal Kombat game that came out on fucking PS2 that long ago? Got it right, though. Kenshi is correct. How many Onimusha games were there on PS2? Eight, two, six, or four? I've never played Onimusha. I have no idea what it is. And that's probably like sacrilegious to some people, but I don't give a fuck. Hmm. How many games, Jake? PS2, Onimusha, probably four. Uh, 
Yeah. You, you I would go with that. That sounds right. Yeah, boom. Got it. <laughs> In what year did No Man's Sky release on PlayStation 4? 2018, 2016, 2020, or 2014? 2016, I, I think. I think it's 2016. Or was it 2014? 2016, dude. It has to be 2016. No. 2014, I think, was Destiny. Let's go 2016. I think that's right. Yeah. Boom. Got it. Question 505. What mode did Call of Duty World at War introduce to the series? Zombies. Yeah. That game is Boom. awesome. A lot of people forget about it. but Yeah, World at War was World at War was a great game. My brother bought me that once for Christmas. The only thing that sucked about World at War was like the fucking they call them monster closets but like the you would just it that was one of those games where it was like if you just like set you know some games you can just sit back and kill all the enemies and then continue Mm -hmm. you can't do that in this game because it just infinitely sends enemies at you until you achieve like a certain goal right all right jake uh i don't want to jinx this but that's five for five bud Six of fifteen. Nino Kuni two. Revenant Kingdom. What is Roland's career back in his own world? I know this. I beat this game. Do you know? Is he a military general, an astronaut, a president of a nation, or a martial artist? I'm gonna say uh, military general. Nope. He is a president of a nation, and that's what we're gonna okay. pick. Correct. President of a nation. Nice guess, though. Now this is this is you, Jake. Uh, who seven of fifteen? All, no pressure. Who was the first English player to feature on the cover of a PlayStation FIFA game? Was it Jordan Henderson, Wayne Rooney, Sol Campbell, or David Beckham? David Beckham, almost certainly. I mean, he's you know, was he the, the first OG English footballer? Let's just do it. Oh man, we, we got it. That's seven of fifteen correct. In what year? He was, he was like the he was like the first like like a multimedia, you know, like people that get internet and TV famous. Yeah, like he was like the first you know UK footballer to be like that. Yeah, this is actually going to be a tough one. Eight of fifteen. And what year was Final Fantasy VII remake first announced? Two thousand nine, two thousand twelve, two thousand eighteen, or two thousand fifteen? I think it's fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Going yeah, because it, it, I, I remember like after the PS4 was released, which was 2013. Um, and the wait was forever remember, for this. I don't know if you remember that they, they, they like teased Final Fantasy VII and it ended up being like the like a, a port of the original and mm. not the remake. I'm going to click 2015, that, Jake. It is, it is 15. I'm almost positive. Got it. That's eight of 15 in a row. Correct. Jake, this one's going to be very difficult. Uh, oh, God, which studio... Enslaved developed PS3 action adventure enslaved Odyssey of the oh, wait, wait, to wait, the wait, West. Wait. It's it's Ninja Theory. Got it. Oh shit, dude. 10 of 15. In PS1 platformer Croc Legend of the oh, I don't know Gobos. How many Gobos <laughs> can be rescued in each stage? There's four in the PS1, we, two, three. Did you, did you play Croc? Because I didn't. No, so. no, I didn't. But, I didn't have a PS1. But there's five in the picture. There's five gobs. Pick five. I guess pick, that's a bad, we're just going to guess. I guess it's, it's probably not right, but. Well, could the PS1 handle more than five? Probably not. Definitely couldn't handle ten gobos. Let's go five. Uh, Shit, it's six. Fuck. 
All right. Anyways, missed that one. All right. What's the full name of the Gundam VS Verse game uh, that was released in the West for PS4 in 2020? Is it Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme vs. Maxiboost On? Is it Mobile Suit Gundam vs. Ultra X-Frame Radius? Is it Mobile Suit Gundam vs. Evolution Frontier X? Or is it Mobile Suit Gundam vs. Max Burst Soul Release? They all sound legit. I, dude, I don't know. It's probably versus Max Burst. It's definitely not Maxi Boost. <laughs> that sounds like a feminine hygiene freaking uh, thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it does. I had to get a laugh out of Jake. I just want to see that on like a package Maxi at Walmart. <laughs> it, there's no way it's that. It's just. Okay, we we don't want to get. I don't yeah, we do. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right, Mobile Suit Gundam versus Ultra X Frame. That's not it. Versus Evolution Frontier. I bet you it's Evolution Frontier X. I do just guess because I I honestly don't. Dude, know. it's Maxi Boost. The pro- <laughs> is it really? That's fucking hilarious. The, the the problem is is that these. I'm sorry. I'm trying to open my window because it's so fucking hot in here. The, these mm. these games like these Japanese games. They just like add random fucking words it's onto the end of the title and you know i'm not you know trying to throw shade or anything like that but it's just like i i literally couldn't tell you because so many of these types of games come out where it's just like you know extra deed lit underwater xd space awesome mm. and it's like okay well okay I, I don't fucking know what that means but uh yeah well, we missed cool. it. So, so it's maxi boost, huh? Yeah, we've missed, we've missed two now. <laughs> Question twelve of fifteen. Uh, in the original Ape Escape, what's the name of the white-haired ape who acts as the game's main antagonist? Is it Ghost, Shadow, Spectre, or Phantom? If it's if, if Shadow, it's probably Shadow, no. dude. Most white-haired animals are called Shadow because of like the. I'm going Shadow. Damn it! It's Spectre. Ah, fuck, we were on a roll, too. Which of these characters is not a boss enemy in Batman Arkham City? Ra's al Ghul, Mr. Freeze, Killer Croc, or Solomon Grundy? Um, Mr. Freeze. Killer Croc. No, Mr. Freeze. Uh, I think it's Mr. Freeze, actually. I'm pretty sure it's Mr. Freeze. I didn't play this. I played it. I played the demo, and that's it. It's Killer Croc. Kidding me? What average Metacritic score does Deus Ex Human Revolution have on PS3? 91, 78, 84, 89. Probably an 84. Average Metacritic score does Deus Ex Human Revolution have on PS3? Noted. I could see 84 sounds. Nope, 89. Dude, we're tanking. We were on a tear. Which PlayStation had an infamously weird advert featuring featuring a crying doll and a levitating console? Which PlayStation? PS1, PS3, PS2, or PS4? PS3, maybe? Yeah, go for it. Got it. All right. 10 of 15... Hey, you know your PlayStation. Well, damn it. That's like the worst we've done in a long time, even though we had such a tear. 
Anyways, let's get on with the news, Jake. I hate these fucking Metacritic ones. It's like, yeah, why would you're asking me my knowledge? You're asking my, my me my knowledge of the Metacritic database, not fucking yeah. you know what PlayStation history is. Yeah, well, we can't be too offended because we still did pretty good. Uh, okay, so. Let's get into it, Jake. This is important. Sony has announced an upcoming state of play for this Thursday, June 2nd. The state of play was announced via multiple social media platforms held by PlayStation, indicating that the state of play will feature first looks at some PSVR 2 titles as well as exciting reveals from third-party partners. The state of play is going to be 30 minutes in length. And as a side note, PSVR 2 has been now stated to have 20 games at launch from both first-party developers and third-party partners. So we are going to be getting a state of play Thursday that is probably going to feature the shit out of PSVR 2. And I heard uh, through the rumor mill that PSVR 2 actually isn't probably going to cost as much as we fear. But I find that hard to believe. So um, maybe I don't think we're going to get a price point, but I think we're going to see some of the PSVR 2 stuff this, this Thursday. I'm going to tell you this right now, Fred, because I will likely be on the road to Nashville when this happens. Oh, uh, if it goes on sale, you want me if to buy one? If they fucking pre-order it, you better get me one, and I'll just pay you immediately. Cause I already got your PlayStation 5 be- for you, so... That's true. <laughs> be my fucking PS sugar daddy or whatever the hell. but. Even though I'm paying you for it, yeah. But yeah, I I I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to release pre-orders this early when we don't know anything about it. Mm. But I, it's they did it with PS5, so when they re- when they revealed the console, they the the freaking internet broke and put pre-orders everywhere. So I don't think they're going to we'll do see. it on a state of play. But if they do, I mean, Jake, are you excited about this? You said you're going to be on your way to Nashville, but are you are are you Excited about hearing more about? Do you think now's the right time for VR two? Yeah, why not? I mean, dude, I I mean, Microsoft just freaking shit the bed with uh, um, Starfield and Redfall both delaying into twenty twenty three. So they they literally have nothing this year. Mm. So if Sony comes out and even makes a little bit of a pop, they're going to seem like the big dog on the block. So. Yeah. Why not? And PSVR 2, based on the specs and everything that they've re- they've revealed, and if they can come out and show that it's going to be relatively inexpensive and show some, like, legit titles for it, even if it's just one or two, yeah, man, they'll, they'll control the narrative for sure. And uh, I'm excited to see, see more about it. And for coming from someone who's not a big – excuse me uh, – have a bubble. Um, s- someone who's not. Let me let me roll that back. I liked PSVR, but I was super annoyed with the setup of PSVR, mm. the, the hardware setup. So, and that's why I, I quit playing it was because I just couldn't deal with the the tangle and then like setting it up and having the shit on my TV all the time. Otherwise, I'd have to like deal with all the setup and everything. So. The fact that PSVR 2 is supposedly super advanced in terms of hardware, and on top of that, it's like just one little cord that comes out and plugs into the headset. Um, I'm stoked. I mean, because I love the idea of VR. It's just, you know, the, the, it's the matter the execution. of the, the setup. Yeah. yeah, and I think they're nailing it with this one. Um, before We're going to skip the next bullet point and go to the next one under that because it's re- related to what we're talking about. 
we're, you know, we have that Horizon game that we know that Gorilla's working on or whoever's working on it. Um, I don't know if Gorilla's... Call of the Mountain? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. That one we know is first party and that's going to be coming out. But we also... PSVR Without Parole is a is a channel on YouTube and there was a Push Square article real quick that just indicated that apparently they had... They had dug up that there was actually a Killzone game that was being worked on for the first PSVR that never actually saw the light of day, and the game was being developed by Supermassive at the time. And I think that uh, they they caught they said the platform holder was not happy with how it was turn how it was turning out, so it could have been passed on to another studio. Um, is it possible that we see a Killzone PSVR game announced at the State of Play on Thursday? Dude, I'll be honest with you, um, and this is partially my frustration with Sony, but if they reveal a Killzone game that comes with, like, a gun peripheral, I'm just going to fucking buy it. Because I was so irritated that they released Farpoint, and apparently Farpoint with the gun peripheral was fucking awesome. Mm. But then... You know, by the time I felt like I was, I wanted to play it, it was literally nowhere to be found. They weren't making them anymore. Couldn't you couldn't find, find them. You yeah. could you could buy it online, but it was super expensive because nobody had them. It's like second market, like, and everything was priced up. Yeah, yeah. So like, and and I'm sure that you know, and hopefully that they don't take advantage of this in terms of pricing and everything, but. Uh, I would. I love the idea of there being some kind of a peripheral for PSVR two for sure to be able to play a Killzone. And think think about like um, like Killzone has. Is, this wouldn't be the first time that Killzone has been kind of the you know a shining example of a AAA game on a unique platform. Think about Killzone Mercenary on Vita. Yeah, right. That that was like considered probably the best quote-unquote triple-A experience on Vita, at least in terms of shooters. Yeah. So if they can leverage that IP with uh, the new VR2 and you've got higher resolution, you've got higher frame rate, you've got this sick peripheral that gives you great accuracy and you can like really just fucking mow down Hellgast all over the place and feel awesome doing it, Like that would be really cool. When I think of like a game that has like awesome VR uh, shooting. I think of two games. I think of uh, what's the one that was based on the heist blood and truth, um, blood and truth. And I think of uh, God, now I'm fucking blanking on the name of that game. It was like an arcade game that was like a shooter. Uh, it was like an arena shooter. Oh God. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I'll think of it, but but yeah, it wasn't the I, I neck think one that, was it? Rigs? No, 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 no. It was. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but there was another one that you really liked. Um, yeah, I, I liked the one with the roller coaster that that they did, the scary one. Um, You're talking about the Until Dawn. Yeah, I liked that one. Knockoff. Yeah, I thought it was fun. That was real cool. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Oh, excuse me. Well, I, there there was super hot VR, which oh, was kind of interesting. Was that wasn't made for. That's not the one I yeah. was thinking of. I was thinking of. Uh, I don't know, pistol whip, maybe. Yeah, dude. No. I, have, I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. 
Anyway. But they they exist and they can exist and they can continue to exist. And I would like to see – I would totally like to see a Killzone game. I would be even more surprised if it was like, oh, here's a Resistance VR game. Full, full-fledged AAA first-person Resistance game for PSVR 2. That would be fucking dope, especially with like those cool weapons. Oh man, it'd be so cool. Because the the weapon. I would rather. So I would rather that, that. Just be clear. I would rather them make a kill zone VR game and make a resistance like legit PS5 game. Yeah, just personally, it's never gonna happen. They're never gonna. I, I, I know. Like, if they're gonna do, if they're gonna do a PSVR version of Resistance, mm. that would be like a dope port. You know what I mean? Of That's the true. original games would be kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Next, it would be tough. Yeah. Next news story, Jake. So keep an eye out on Thursday. Let us know what you guys find, what you guys think of the state of play. We'll be talking about it next episode. Five years after the events from Fall Jedi uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, um, we're going to get a new Star Wars game, and it's going to be titled Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, this game has been announced to have a release slated for next year in 2023. And, of course, Respawn Entertainment is working on it. And they essentially, uh, boiling it down to the interviews that I've read and coverage i read, they essentially are saying that they're putting a lot of focus on improving the combat and making the combat special for this version, for this game, um, about the upcoming sequel. I never played Fallen Order. Oh, dude, if you get a chance, you should. It's fucking awesome. I will say that the combat is a little bit difficult at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, but you got to, like, level up and kind of master the sequence or whatever. Uh, I don't particularly care for the actor that plays the main character. I I apologize if that offends some people. But for whatever reason, so he just sad. doesn't. I think the problem is that, like, all I see is his character in that show. Um, Shameless. Yeah, and I fucking hate that TV show. So I think that's part of it. It's just personal bias. But, um, and I'm not saying it's a bad show. I just personally don't like it. It, it makes me feel bad as a person. Um, it but makes me feel like a better the, human after I watch uh, it. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, it's 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 one of those shows that like 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 uh, you know we can just we can just this is a little bit of a tangent, but I will say that like I only ever when it comes to like sitting down, relaxing, and watching TV, I never watch dramas ever. Mm. There are there are no dramas that I watch hardly ever. You talk about the big ones like you know Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, all this kind of shit, like uh, Breaking Bad. I when I'm when I've had a bad day and I just want to sit down and relax and kind of unwind, the last thing I want to do is watch a TV show that makes me feel bad about being a human. Yeah. And so many of these TV shows like pour that energy into you. And uh, it's kind of like the the feeling you get from I know it's kind of hypocritical because it's kind of the same energy that you get from like The Last of Us, but I think The Last of Us was just such a phenomenon in the video game industry that it just sort of overcame that. And maybe The Last of Us Part Two sort of hit me negatively because it was so much like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, this is that's a bit of a digression. I will say that uh, uh, it is a great game. And if they're working on the combat and making the combat better, that's dope because the combat is already decent. It's pretty good. But uh, 
in my opinion, like the most fun, you know, quote unquote, like Jedi style Star Wars combat. Uh, I loved the Force Unleashed games. And if they could somehow, you know, channel that a little bit whenever they're making it, because it's, I, I don't remember who made the Force Unleashed. It might not actually be EA, but it, it might be the same publisher. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but those games were dope. Anyway, it's a little bit of a digression. I loved the uh, um, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. So I, I'm looking forward to this next one. Yeah, I never played it. I I I probably I, I don't know if I ever will, but uh, I'm not as invested. But you've like never seen a Star Wars movie ever. In your yeah, life, no, I've though, seen so. the original three now, and I think I saw the one that came out after that, and I saw the Mandalorian. Um, so oh, I haven't seen the Mandalorian yet. Is it done? Oh yeah, it's fantastic. But I mean, is it is it complete? Oh, like, I don't know. I, I know the first season's done, and it was maybe there's two seasons. I don't know how many seasons are. However many seasons they've done so far, they're all available, and they're fantastic. Yeah. Well, I have Disney Plus, and I, I wanted to watch it, but I wanted to wait until it was like oh, done, dude, just so watch, I could like nah, get the whole just, story. Yeah, just watch it now, because I don't know. They're working on uh, that other one now. Obi Wan yeah, or yeah, the yeah. Book of Boba? Yeah, Obi. Anyways, let's I, keep moving I'm forward. Into that. So. Uh, Digital Foundry did a fantastic video, and they stripped down the emulation being offered by Sony um, so that they could critique it and see what they've done right and what they've done wrong so far and where the improvements need to be made. Now, this is, of course, in relation to the streaming services that they're offering, which are only currently available with the upgraded tiers in the Asia market, Asian market right now. Um, but uh, currently, streaming PS1 uh, via the new service is only available, like I said, in the Asia territory. So it seems that the PAL versions during cutscenes are unstable uh, due to the need to sync audio via the rendering or something. So Digital Foundry are just a bunch of nerds, and they totally understand this stuff. And you know, from the videos that they've shown on their YouTube channel, the gameplay actually doesn't seem to be as affected um, on some of the some of the scenes they were showing. And uh, like I said, these guys are really good at what they do. They found things that most users probably aren't going to notice. But then again, there are some things that are, that are kind of like choppy and weird feeling, like some of the frame rate stuff um, for the emulation of the PS1 games. And we definitely should be holding Sony to the highest level of output. But uh, some of these things in the video that they're talking about, um, I'm just not going to get recognized or noticed by casual gamers. Uh, but, yeah. you know, Sony needs to step it up. If they're going to offer a service and make people pay for it, they should be putting out the best, absolute best thing they can do. And if Digital Foundry can pick it apart and detail all of the issues that they're noticing and check, clocking frame rates and figuring out the PAL version versus the U.S. version and why different title screens and, like, God, those guys are insane. Like, where do you find time? Like, do you know how long it takes to, like, edit a video, let alone the time it would take to fucking research that shit? Like, I can't imagine the work those people do, man. It's unbelievable. It's hard for us to put this video together. Like, and we're just giving our opinions about stuff. Like we're not like running frame rate traces on streaming platforms and getting into the Asian market and like buying the extra PlayStation plus to see how it runs and comparing it to us versus PAL versions. Like that's insane. And then getting the perfect video capture and rendering and then putting it out on YouTube timely. Like I can't even imagine it's just stupid. I don't know. I don't have anything to say about to this. Them. I'm I'm probably never going to stream a PS1 game on my PS5, so it doesn't even bother me. Jake? 
I think that this only matters for I want to meet somebody who is like, you know what I want to do? I want to play the original fucking version of, of Siphon Filter. Of Siphon Filter. And it's like, okay. I mean, that's cool. But like it's not like you're it's not like you're telling me like I want to play the original version of Super Mario World. That I understand. But you're talking about like these games, these early polygonal 3D era games do not translate well to modern game And the technology. controls were just shit. They're awful. And so, like, I get this whole desire for backwards compatibility. I get, like, I get the nostalgia and everything. But, dude, I, just for fun, this was a few years ago. But just for fun, I booted up my PS2 and stuck my original Metal Gear Solid 3 disc in there. And I was like, this resolution is so fucking bad that I literally don't know where I'm going. Now, to be fair, Resident Evil, or sorry, Resident Evil, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 is a little bit misleading anyway, because like when you're in the jungle, everything kind of turns you around. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's like, remember, you probably... And I say you, I mean the royal you, probably don't uh, realize how big of a leap it was when television came into the high-definition age until you go back and watch, like, SD sporting events or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I I regularly see – because obviously we've talked about it on the cast before. Like, I'm a huge hockey fan, and, like, I've – you know, occasionally I'll get fed on YouTube, you know, clips from old, you know, famous games from the 90s and stuff like that. And I'll put them on and I'm like, fuck, I can't even tell what's going on. Right. Because, like, the resolution is so bad and, and like, you can't fall the puck. And, and yeah. it's it's like, it's like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize anyone. I just wonder, like, is this a vocal minority that actually wants to play these super old yeah, where games? Where's this market at? Like, or I, is it, is it that I'm the pro? Like, I'm you're the outlier. My understanding is the issue, right? I'm the outlier. But uh, now I do understand that there are some, you know, 3D polygonal games that hold up to this day. You know, I think of games like uh, Mario 64 and stuff like that, but. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This is very, very interesting to me, and I will be curious to see how much of a difference it actually makes in the subscriber count. Yeah, sorry, I just put my dog on the couch. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Why I think. Uh. You know, if you're an outlier, Jake, then I'm an outlier. Also, I. I don't know where the appeal is of this. Uh, I. I don't have it within me to want to jump into any of these titles. I mean. At best, maybe going back to a PS2 game, maybe one or two PS2 games. I don't even know which ones it would be. Uh, most of the ones that are relevant, the ones that we'd want to play anyways, have already gotten some sort of remake or remaster at this point in their in in you know over the past 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, PS3 games. I'd like to see a Resistance Collection come out. I really would. I would love to see that. I think we're gonna get that maybe, but. I, I I don't know, man. I we got the new we got Tony Hawk remade. We got a new skate coming out. Like, wh- wh- why are we always looking backwards? Let's look forward. Moving forward, Jake. CD Projekt Red announced recently that the new Witcher game 
which is yet to be titled, has entered pre-production, and most of their team now are currently assigned to the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion. Speaking of leaks, a leak regarding the expansion for Cyberpunk 2077 was data mined from the PC version, indicating it will open up new areas of Pacifica and also contain seven new story missions. This is all based on a leak and uh, some hackers getting into the game. And also said uh, uh, that there are notable absences of Johnny Silverhand, who is the character played by Keanu Reeves, and as far as dialogue, and uh, it is believed that there is going to be a new voice or in in uh, your character's head um, that's taking over Johnny Silverhand. Um, so the DLC may also add dialogue to the main story mission of the original game to chain the end of that game into the upcoming DLC to kind of bridge the gap to make it all make sense. And while we're on the topic of Cyberpunk 2077, when it did get its PS5 port, Jake, this game had an increase in sales. So there's still an interest in the title. My question is, is it too late to redeem this game? Is is the release of this DLC, this long-awaited DLC, going to create a surge in sales? Are people even going to download it who have the game already? Did people have such a shitty experience with the game originally that they're not, they don't even care anymore? You haven't even played the game. It's been on sale for $5 here and there. I've seen Cyberpunk 27 on sale for $5, $10, different places. Are you at all interested in this game? I know that it's it has been in your field of view, but I don't know that you're actually going to ever visit this. I am. I do want to play it. So a couple things. One, I'm not surprised that Johnny Silverhand is not in the DLC because who the fuck is going to pay Keanu Reeves to come back and do some fucking DLC shit? It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, two, I do want to play it. Uh, and I intend on playing it, assuming um, I have a gap because it's going to require some time. So Definitely maybe one time. of those things where I kind of I kind of play in between other games and stuff because uh, I do want to get I do need we do need to get back to Mass Effect. So I, I want to kind of it might be like a late summer kind of game mm. if there's a little bit of a drought mm. there. Um, the other thing that I will say is I don't think that the bad press for Cyberpunk is ultimately going to matter at all because a gajillion bajillion people bought the game regardless of how shitty it is it, performance wise, not content wise. Um, and so those people already have the game and if they love it, they're going to play it. And if I, if I've learned anything about paying attention to video games, the last, you know, 10 or 15 years, it's that in the internet age, uh, people don't care at all. They're just like, I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. And if, if they love it, they're going to buy it. They don't care if, if, if it means that they're just fueling the, the uh, the issue, which is that games are releasing broken. The video game but, machine, right? I mean, Cyberpunk made all its money back in like two days, even though they released a product that was so broken that Sony, for the first time ever, re- like removed a game from its store. So, I don't know. I don't. Ultimately, I don't think it's going to really have an impact on who buys what for cyberpunk. Yeah. I think in the only place it's going to have an impact is in 
the way that developers release games. Mm. And hopefully that's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Because developers won't take as much of a chance anymore releasing a broken game because of the lashback from uh, Cyberpunk. Right. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for the DLC. Uh, I probably am going to run through this game one more time, the PS5 version, the haptics and everything. It felt good. I, I, I did download the PS5 version and powered up my pre- previous save, and, and uh, I couldn't remember how to play the game at all. So it's one of those situations now where I just got to restart. Cause Do you want to play? You want to make a new character, one that has a small dong instead of a huge dong? Ooh, I don't know, man. See how the world treats you differently when you have a tiny dog? My cool factor would be... Does it drop when you have a tiny dog? I think it does. I, am curious. I think it might. <laughs> I think it might. Yeah. Or maybe in the future, it's cool to not have a long dong. Who knows? <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Who knows? It's probably cool not to have like any reproductive organs in the future, honestly. Um, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out when we get there, Jake. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't even remember what what class I played. I can't remember in that game. I think. weren't you? weren't you? I was like, like the, a. I was like the desert the, person. I think. Yeah, the Outlander, whatever yeah, the fuck you called it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember you talking about that? Yeah. Well, let's do one more news point, Jake, and we got to re kick our call back together here if to tie off the show. We got more news points, so don't go anywhere. But the next news point is a quick one. Uh, in a recent business overview, uh, Sony identified their lack of supply for PS5 as a top priority issue moving forward. Apparently now, the PS5 has fallen behind the PS4 in terms of sales trends. Um, if you were to line up a chart from the date of each console release and looked outward, um, this isn't surprising though considering the lack of PS5s available. So um, at one point, it was doing better than the PS4, but now it's just kind of tailed off, and that's because they don't have the units to sell. So no one can get their dude, hands I on these fucking, things. Dude, set. I went to Walmart and like looked at buying like lunch meat, and it was like twice as much as I was would have spent on it yeah. like two years ago. So I'm not all that surprised that people aren't. What's unfortunate right about yeah? What's unfortunate about what Sony is saying is that like yeah, it's fallen behind PS4, but I don't think there's anything they can really do about it. No, it's just the terrible. way the world is right People now. People don't the have the money to fucked. spend, number one. And number two, Sony don't have the consoles to sell even if we wanted to buy them. It's well, like, that's the thing is that, is that everything is way more expensive and they can't get the chips to be able to make the consoles. And honestly, Sony, as much as they're coming out and saying to their shareholders like – yeah, like we're trying real hard to make PS5s. They're probably literally like wiping their fucking head being like, it's kind of great that we can't sell PS5s right now or can't make them because we're losing so much money on these consoles. Mm. Mm. Because like, because of the fact that they have to expedite them on planes over to the United States and all this stuff and like everything is way more expensive. There's no fucking way they're making a profit on PS5s anymore. Maybe like... Right after launch, they were, but right now, I doubt it. With inflation and everything else that's going on, it seems like it's impossible. Yeah. All right, we're back. And uh, next news point, Jake. Seeing a recent table posted online over at Push Square got me thinking. Sony is really going all in on movies and TVs with the video game franchises. It's really kind of strange, being as how video game the video game market is way bigger than the movie and television market right now as far as like money making um anyways sony 
have they cracked the code is my question. Usually movies that turn into games aren't that great, and neither are games that become movies. So has Sony found a magical cure to bridge this gap and just make decent movies from their IPs all of a sudden? And uh, with the recent success of Uncharted and the undoubtedly upcoming smash success that The Last of Us on HBO is going to be, do you think this is an acceptable direction from uh, Sony? Do you think that I think that Sony Sony is in a unique position in that they have the ability, they have the they have the structure to be able to do. I mean, Sony Pictures has been a thing for how long now? Forever, right? I mean, at least at least twenty plus years, so thirty years. So they have the infrastructure to be able to basically kind of hand select the the IP that makes sense and sort of, you know, uh, put them on a visual medium like movies or TV with care, whereas that like they're kind of in control of it as opposed to you're thinking about. I don't know, something else like Tomb Raider, for example, that came out. And I'm not saying Tomb Raider was a horrible movie, mm-hmm. but by all by all accounts, it was labeled as mediocre. Um, not bad, but not good. And so that was a Square Enix movie, and it was a Square Enix game. Right. But it was developed by a movie studio that had no stake in it. Right. Well, I mean, other than obviously the money they put into making the movie, but they had no interest in like the success of the IP. Like, like, what does this mean to the video game? What does the video right. game mean to the movie? Whereas, like Sony, because Sony Pictures is existing and Sony Pictures is like making the Spider-Man movie and they're making the Spider-Man game, it's like they have the ability to have like this cohesion and benefit with all their from thoughts the game and ideas. And the movie. And you think about something like the Uncharted movie, which we talked about, you know, a few podcasts ago mm-hmm. when I finally watched it. And I'll tell you, like, and I'll say it again, the Uncharted movie is not, you know, it's not fucking Schindler's List. Okay. It's not a it's not a great movie. But it's fun and it's good. And it embodies like um an idea behind and a feeling behind Uncharted that I don't think you would get if you didn't have somebody making the movie that was also invested in the game. Right. And, you know, and just based on the way that the movie ended, you get the feeling like, okay, this was us dipping our toes in the water. Now that this was successful, maybe we'll throw you at Drake's fortune Mm. or something like that. And we're going to make a legit movie out of one of our games. And so, and like the last of us, the screenshots we've gotten and like, it seems like they're really thinking like, we're going to follow the first game. And I know that you said that it's undoubtedly going to be a success. Mm. And I tend to agree with you, but I don't necessarily, I'm still of the mind that I don't hundred percent believe that it's going to be amazing until I see it. And so, you know, because the thing about the thing about the last of us, the thing about uncharted, the thing about, uh, you know, God of War and stuff is that, or at least the new God of War, is that the characters are what matter. So if you can't portray the characters correctly, it's not going to fly. And you think about that is going to be a toss-up every single time you make one of these. 
because it's all based on the casting and it's all based on how much the actor that's playing the role really does their research and how much they really have into the how much knowledge they have about the original adaptation right. of and it. that goes the they have to be, the directors right the directors have to understand right. the property and then direct the actors as well so yeah can the actors take direction can the actresses take direction well i'm looking at the list jake and i 100 percent agree with what you're saying but the list is getting ridiculous so uncharted <laughs> is, yeah. was released the last of us is a live action tv show uh set for a 2023 release um that's going to be hbo uh, you know, Naughty Dog are involved, PlayStation Production, Sony Pictures. Uh, Pedro Pascal, The Mandalorian, is going to be in it. Uh, Gabriel Luna and uh, Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones is playing uh, Ellie. So you have big name actors and actresses. Uh, the next thing that is slated, there, there's not a release date, but they've already announced it. A live action TV show for Twisted Metal. So they have some cast already. They have writers on board already. Um, we have a Ghost of Tsushima live action movie. That is going to be uh, produced by Sony Pictures, 8711 Entertainment, Sucker Punch, and PlayStation Productions. The director right now is is Chad Stahelski. No no tentative release date. We have a God of War TV show. We have a Horizon TV show in the works. We have a Gran Turismo TV show in the works and a Gran Turismo movie. I mean, that is a lot of fucking video games coming to movie and TV. And uh, I don't know if this is like a takeover that they're trying, like, just, just some sort of... But, like, man, like, I almost want to be, like, keep my video games out of your movies. Like, I didn't want your movies to become my video games. So, like, can we just keep them separate? But maybe part of this is smart, right? Maybe some of, there's some teeth to some of this. I don't Dude, know. I hate, I hate to say it, but the Uncharted movie kind of has me as a believer. Like, it... And, and I don't even, like I said we've previously, had, I don't even think it's a good movie. We've had but one like, good video game movie, and it was like, okay, right? Uncharted. Yeah, but but like the only reason why I think The Last of Us is has a chance of being a good TV show, not just yeah. a critically successful TV show, is that Neil Druckmann is literally fucking writing it. Yeah, so, he's, he's listed as a writer. So that is important. He can literally step in the boardroom and say like, look, this is not in the spirit of the fucking game. And I think that's important. What the hell is a Gran Turismo TV show? I have no fucking idea. Like, is it? It's like it's like the Rocky Balboa like, story, but a, but a race car driver probably. Is it like literally Drive to Survive, but it's not? You know, it's not a fucking documentary. It's actually like a TV show about a race car driver. Probably. Like, I think I, that would be cool. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, it could be. Horizon. A lot of these things, if they do it right, could be great. I think Horizon is going to be hard because it's going to require a shitload of CG, a lot of suspension of disbelief. They're going to have, like, honestly, Horizon to me seems like one of those IP just because of like the nature and like how crazy it is. Leave it alone. Should be a cartoon. Well, no, or could be like an anime. You know what I mean? Or or whatever. Like Castlevania. Somebody already is Aloy. (sighs) Anyways, I just wanted to throw this up on the podcast, man, just because like it's. It's starting, and it's starting now, and uh, in a year from now, two years from now, this list is just going to get longer probably. That's all. That's all I got to say about that. Do you have anything else yeah, you f- about that? I, I'm the, honestly the most interested about Twisted Metal. <laughs> I'll be completely Sweet honest. Sweet tooth, man. 
they could make like like what I'm what I'm envisioning is like a fucking Mad Max Fury Road type with thing with a bit of comedy like Borderlands comedy with a bit with like with like with it being like comedy yeah I I want it to be that and I hope it is and that would be fucking it would awesome. actually be really good yeah I don't yeah it'd be really good <laughs> um so we have a few more news points Jake but I, this has been a big big week for news and I apologize but I am so I'm so freaking jazzed about this game by Supermassive called The Quarry. We've already talked about it a bit on the show, and I want to talk about it just a little bit more because I'm telling you listeners, this game is going to take people by surprise. I've seen things about this game. I've been following it. It's going to be an awesome game. It's just, it's really going to do well. My prediction, I don't know for certain, but that's what I'm saying. So a new video was released by Supermassive where they talk about the different ways the game can be played. You can set up a private party of seven seven people online and invite people to watch you as you play. And uh, you can chat with them while you're playing. And then when decisions come about, they can do controller presses or use their mobile. I don't know if they use mobile phones or not. But on your screen as you're playing, it'll weigh in like the percentage of people that want you to pick one over the other. And then you can kind of play along with a group of people and then just go and, and like go through the game that way. So you can have... Uh, active spectators in your game, which is really fucking cool. Um, another thing that they're doing is there's a couch co-op mode where players in the room before the game begins are assigned a character or multiple characters. And when so the, I believe you play different camp counselors. I think there's like seven or eleven camp counselors. Whenever that counselor comes into the game and you're controlling that counselor, the game will pause and be like, okay, give the controller to Jake. It's his, his turn to play this person. And then, like, so you have this collective group of people in a party atmosphere in a room where when it's your turn to play a certain character, you just fucking go to town. You play that person until it passes off. So your decisions are yours alone. So you're not fully in control of the story because you're actually passing that control off to someone else in the room and they could just sabotage what you had planned, which I think is fucking cool that the game's set up to do that. And then obviously the last way that you can play it is, is literally just grab a bag of popcorn and do the presets, which I think is one of the most smartest, genius ideas for a game like this. Um, and uh, so, so essentially w- the way it works is you can choose – trait presets for certain characters prior to starting the playthrough or the, the the game to play through and then they will just act accordingly throughout that round or that that playthrough that that story or you can actually set a final outcome where like everybody dies specific people die or everybody lives some live some die and then the game just fucking rolls so one thing about the quarry this game has me fucking jacked, dude, and it's coming out in June. It's coming out very soon. and uh, Next week? Yeah. The one thing about it, dude, is uh, apparently they tweeted this thing coming out June 10th. It says that uh, the wait is almost over. This supermassive tweet of this. And the team and I are so excited for you to get your hands on the quarry in just over two weeks. The game will launch on June 10th with local couch co-op and movie mode alongside the single-player campaign. However... 
They had to make the difficult decision to delay the online multiplayer mode, which is the one I talked about earlier, where you can pick seven people online to weigh in on your decisions, um, to deliver the best possible experience for you. It's not a long wait, though. Online multiplayer will be added July 8th. So about a month later, it's getting the uh, online multiplayer. And they say they appreciate the understanding. Hope you're excited for the game as as we are um, for it to launch in just 15 days. That was posted a while back. Well, I don't know, dude. Like, this game... I'm I'm calling it, dude. It's gonna it's it's gonna do well. I think it's gonna do. Until Dawn was a really good hit, and uh, if they have a full long game here, Camp Counselor Slasher, and it's and it's 180 different possible endings and all these different modes and freaking uh, real real actors are in it and stuff. The the animations look amazing. Everything looks so good. I'll be honest, I. Even without watching any trailers or anything, just the movie poster alone for this game, I was like, I mean, it looks like an 80s horror, like slasher movie poster. And I was like, okay, you know, with like camp counselors, Mm -hmm. like some old Friday the 13th shit or something. And I'm just like, okay, it's probably awesome. I will say that the coolest thing about this is the, the way that you play the game they're coming up with unique ideas for that mm-hmm. in terms of how you share that experience with others, even in terms of how you play it by yourself with the movie mode and all that. Uh, that said, none of this, just because all of these things seem like they're innovative and they're going to be awesome. And they're going to be great. That does not necessarily mean that the game itself is going to be a great story, sure. but I will admit that I am willing to, um, sort of give them the benefit of the doubt if they're making a spiritual successor to Until Dawn, mm. which was phenomenal. So we'll have to see. Until Dawn was the only one that was critically acclaimed of all the games that they've done. So they don't exactly have like a winning record across the board, but I believe that they can do it. And so I'm hoping, my, my one fear is I'm hoping that they didn't, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say this. I'm hoping that they didn't sacrifice some of the story elements in order to put some of these new gameplay elements into it, because I would have been totally happy with just like the regular normal gameplay style if it meant I was going to get a fucking dope story. Yeah. But if I get a, like a, a mediocre story just so I can have this dope new movie mode. And a bazillion like, okay, well, different like, endings, right, yeah. Like what the fuck do I care about a movie mode if the story is not awesome? Why am I going to replay it? I don't know. So I, I, I have faith that it's going to be good and I'm actually excited to play it. So that's pretty dope. What's really cool is like the little interviews with like the, the director and stuff is like – He's, it's like outside and it's dark and there's a campfire and he's just talking about the game. He's like, yeah, so in this game, you know, decisions you make right away may have immediate consequences or consequences down the line that you don't know. And it cuts to the scene of this kid like going down into this like cellar, like taking this ladder. And he gets down there and he's like, oh, man, you got to see this. And the guy upstairs is like, what? what's down there? And he's like, absolutely nothing. And he's like, I'm coming back up. And then he goes back upstairs and then it's like, uh, like your path has been chosen or something. And it's like, oh shit, like what if you would have stayed down there? Anything could have happened. So yeah, I, man, I'm all in. This game's going to be a full 70 bucks though, I'm sure. And uh, the thing of it is, is 100% what you're saying. 
they've been really careful, I think, not to show who the killer is. We have no idea. We have no clue what the killer is or who the enemy is or what the, the mysterious, you know, well, whoever's hunting the counselors are. You don't know what the enemy is. And that I think that's so important for horror movies to not disclose that when you're coming at it from this angle. So it can mean, it can still be scary for everybody. So anyways, The Quarry comes out June 10th. It's going to be dope. I'm calling it. Um, and Jake, while not at the end of the news section for any particular reason, Sony did this weird thing with PS Plus discounts. Uh, anybody who had received a Plus discount and got their PlayStation Plus on a discounted amount, so like sometimes you can get like a gift card for Plus at a discounted price. Um, they had accounts that were purchased at a discounted price. We're being charged the difference to upgrade their account to the new tier in the Asian market. But then in addition to like let's say it's a hundred dollars and you paid sixty dollars but you uh, for plus, but plus you actually paid forty for plus, it should have been sixty. They have a record that you got a discount on plus. So they were charging you um, the forty dollars to upgrade to the hundred dollar tier, but then also saying you didn't pay full price for plus, so we're going to charge you an extra twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, and Sony walked it back, and uh, there was a big backlash. I just had, it had to we had to mention it on the show. Um, they they indicated due to a technical error, players in Asia who have previously purchased PlayStation Plus membership at a discount have been incorrectly charged for their upgrade pricing. This error has been fixed, and impacted players will receive a credit. We thank you for your patience. Now, my only question is, they're going to get a credit. But is that like a PlayStation Store credit, or are they just going to get their fucking money back? Because oh no, that I, that's to me it sounds like it's just going to be a PlayStation Store credit. So they just took their money or the extra money that they've been charged. So they just took it. Yeah, I mean it, it sucks that they they're not getting their money back, but I can I can I don't think there's anything nefarious here. Like I think that, you don't think that Sony I, intentionally nickel and dime people. I don't think so. Uh, I don't I mean, know. This, I this, this would be a pretty fucking bad PR move. I mean, that's kind of Sony's terrible. Conspiratorial, but but I I can I can a hundred percent understand from an engineering perspective how something like this could happen because somebody forgot to fucking place a semicolon somewhere, and it's just like oh well this development team didn't necessarily understand everything about how they were supposed to develop this part of the web store. And then, so they wrote it up and they're just like, okay, well, the full price of PS plus is a hundred dollars and they paid $40 for it. So they're $60 short, uh, charge them 60 bucks. And it's like, like to me, it's just it's so like mathematically simple, like in that regard, mm. that it seems to me like it could be easy for a developer to misunderstand how it was supposed to work and fuck that up. That said, I don't think Sony should be left off, let off the hook for this, and I think that it's fucking stupid that they're just giving these people store credit and not giving them their money back. Yeah, because I because who knows? Maybe these people didn't want to have 10 years of fucking PlayStation plus right? maybe they wanted to have, you know, five years of PlayStation plus, and maybe they wanted to buy themselves uh, a new Fitbit. I don't know. I just came to mind cause I just bought a Fitbit, but like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, it, it sucks to me that Sony is so incapable slash reluctant 
to refund anything. give people their money back, refund anything at all whatsoever once it's digitally – the digital transaction has happened. It's because they hate doing taxes. It's frustrating. It's probably such a pain in the ass. I can't imagine. It could be. Dude, it could literally be that it's just like, hey, it's not so much about customer service. It's just that the like the, the- – the bureaucracy to do that kind of thing is just such a pain in the ass. We don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. They need I to mean, fucking uh, learn. Anyways. Yeah. That sucks. Um, days of play. Jake is in full swing and I think I'm going to get house of ashes, which is the man, uh, the whatever series it's called. Um, there's the man of Madame was one. And then we had another one. And then, uh, the, what are they called? The something, something series. Uh, geez. Anyways, this is super massive as well. You're talking about the the that anthology or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dark, Dark Pictures, Pictures anthology. anthology. Yeah, Man of Medan is on sale, or uh, House of Ashes is on sale. Um, also, Game of the Year, it takes two, or video. Uh, I think Game Award of the Year, it takes two is on sale for twenty bucks right now during Days of Play. So if you're thinking about picking that game up, I've heard nothing but good things. But make sure whoever you're playing it with, it does require two people uh, to play the game. Whoever you're playing with is going to play it with you. Um, there's some other good deals on there, but. Let's keep going. No Man's Sky is... I will say this. I will say this. I'm just throwing this out there. Um, I didn't look a lot into the Days of Play sale. However, talked about it on the show, Outriders is only $22 right now. Oh, all right. All right. And that game is fucking awesome. All right. So it's worth definitely worth $22 on PS5. Don't play the PS4 version because it runs slow and it's garbage. Play the PS5 version if you got a PS5. Um... But yeah, there's some good sales. Yeah. Agree. No Man's Sky is receiving its 20th free update. This time it goes by the name Leviathan per push square uh, in quotes. The seventh expedition. This is the seventh expedition. Now, this one takes the form of a sort of roguelike experience with a time looping curse you must put a stop to. End quote. So No Man's Sky continues to just freaking come out and... Um, Demolish. I think the you know they're working on a new game over there at Hello Games, and uh, we'll see. I think that's who's who did No Man's Sky. I believe it was Hello, wasn't it? Um, but anyways, uh, just we like to talk about that because that is the Rocky Babo story of uh, PlayStation right now, of video game companies rather. Um, when I hear time looping curse, I get like fucking flashbacks of just Returnal. roguelike games. Yeah. So like I would avoid this. Personally, I personally would not want to play this, but I don't know if that – that's just my gut reaction. I don't know what it actually is. Well, that's what it says. It it says it's a roguelike experience with a time-looping curse. Um, And then uh, BBC Sounds, an app now developed and working in conjunction with the PS5, can bring live local and national stations radio podcasts to the PS5 while you game. I think I might check this out actually. It might be nice to have on in the background while I'm cleaning or cooking or – doing something I, I like bbc and uh, i think npr is an extension of that maybe i don't i'm know. sure you do like bbc fred is is npr not not an extension of that wqln and stuff i think it is is it not <laughs> come on no. i get the joke <laughs> the voice you i get it but is it not though I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly. I wonder don't know. if we could hear Fred Oakman in the flood on Sounds Around Town and a replay on this app somehow. If we can tune into local, it's possible. I don't know if BBC and NPR are related. I thought that they were. I mean, they, they, BBC Music, NPR. I, they might I was not be. Trying to. I was trying to find it. Maybe. Mm. Maybe it is. 
Mm. Maybe 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 it's that the NPR plays segments from BBC. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Well, dude, this has to go down as like one of our one of our longest podcasts. There was a lot to say, and we did rush through episode two twenty four. So this is two twenty five. All we have left, Jake, are to go into the new games coming out this week. And I want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day. Uh, May thirty first, Snow Runner on PS five. June first, Silt. On PS5 and PS4, June 2nd, we're getting Behind the Frame, The Finest Scenery on PS4, Gigapocalypse on PS4, Gravatar Recharged on PS5, PS4, Soldiers, spelled really weird, S-O-U-L-D-I-E-R-S, that's so weird looking, PS5, Surface Rush, PS5, PS4, June 3rd, we're getting Super Perils of Baking, PS5 and PS4, and we are also getting Wonder Boy Collection on PS4. Jake, do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we close off this Memorial Day weekend in 2022? Did you see did you see this rumor that uh that you know that game Multiverses? No. It's like it's the game, it's like the the Smash Brothers kind of game, but it's got like uh Warner Brothers characters like Bugs Bunny, oh, yeah, and it's I know got what you're Arya about. Stark yeah. and all that stuff. And uh apparently like some of the characters that they've announced, like a couple of characters that are that are uh, rumored to be in it, they, this just came out, is uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, which makes total sense. Uh, WB, I think, actually does, does that, uh, the Mortal Kombat games. Um, but the other one is Ted Lasso, what? which is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I've never seen the show, but, like, I know, like, the concept of it. And uh, Ted Ted Lasso is a as a uh, Bill Lawrence created TV show, and I fucking love Bill Lawrence TV lo- shows. But yeah, dude, that's um, so funny. That would be so funny to me if like Ted Lasso was one of the characters. That'd be for, like getting Ron Burgundy or something. Yeah, it'd be so ridiculous. Yeah, it would be ho- hilarious. That game. I think that I, I I don't know this for a fact. We will see when it comes out. But I literally believe that this multiverses game has the potential to be legit in terms of like a character fighter like it it could be fucking cool as hell mm. and just popular i guess yeah for sure i hope that you're right and i hope that it does well as i hope all video games do well for the most part but there are some winners and there are definitely some losers so jake let's close it off man it's been a long day i got to get this entire video freaking compiled and uploaded in all of this stuff and get the iTunes stuff online. This has been episode 225 of PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. We are happy to be here talking video games with you all. Thanks for joining us today, wherever you may be as you listen. And uh, we will be back next week to talk more about PlayStation and most certainly the state of play that is happening on this Thursday. So we'll be back to chime in on our opinions about that. When Oh, I I feel like I should chime in. Yeah. Um, I know it's late in the podcast. I should have said this at the beginning. It just occurred to me. Uh, I Our podcast next week might be a day late because I am coming back from Nashville Sunday or Monday. So okay. um, just, just throwing that out there. I just want to make sure people know. I apologize. I fucking hate that we've been doing podcast late here and there the last couple weeks 
thankfully it's only been a day anytime we've ever had an issue with it but uh i'm sorry about that i'm just traveling for hockey and so Makes i don't tricky. know if i'll be back on sunday and to be co- actually let's just plan on it being monday because even if i do come back on sunday i'm probably going to be so fucking gassed yeah that i don't know if i'll be so we're going to record the 226 on monday um not that is june 6th yeah so we're going to record it on june 6th hopefully have it up by june 7th if not look for it by june 8th at the latest so you can hold us to that. But in the meantime, write us. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you think about the state of play, as I'm sure we'll have our own opinions about it. And let's all wish Jake a uh, victory in Nashville for whatever the hell he's doing down there with his hockey with his hockey shoes. <laughs> his hockey shoes. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. All right. Hey, like fist forged in shadow torch, fatal frame, and forespoken. P.S. Yes. This is this awesome. Is awesome.